0: Thank you so much, Nancy. We're really, really glad to see everyone here this morning. And, um, you know, just thinking back to Lonnie's sermon a few weeks ago, I'm just so thankful that I get to preach on the hottest, most humidest morning that we've had so far. Um, so, I'll, uh, I'm planning on cutting my sermon down to um, less than the 50 minutes that I had originally planned. Okay, good. All right. So I have a question for you. Um, Who likes to be prepared for anything? Okay, I see some hands. I see some nodding. So it seems like most of us like to be prepared. Um, Have you ever heard the saying, be prepared? It's something that a lot of people say, and it's actually the Boy Scouts of America motto. And so Robert Baden-Powell is the Boy Scouts founder, And he defined it this way. He said, be prepared means that you're always in a state of readiness in mind and body to do your duty. All right, so you're always ready to do your duty. Now, who here knows what it feels like to be unprepared for something? Okay, I see a lot of hands again. Um, It's a feeling of kind of dread, a feeling of, oh, I wish I would have done this or this to prepare for this, what's going on right now. And it's not a great feeling, is it, when we're unprepared for something. So I'm going to start off by telling a story when, of when I was grossly unprepared for something. Um, some friends of ours and, and us were walking along the beach one day, and that sounds really good right now, doesn't it? Just Our feet were in the water because the um, lake was up, and we're walking along the beach, And we happened to come upon this seagull that was entangled in fishing line. And it was so entangled in fishing line that it was all around its beak, it was around its wings, all over its entire body, and then it was around its leg and then attached to a piece of driftwood, and so it it couldn't move really at all. And because we were just walking along the beach, we didn't really have anything on us to cut that fishing wire. Uh, we wanted to help the seagull. It was struggling, right? We we see this animal there. It's trying to get out. And so we're like, okay, well, we got to try something, right? Uh, but we didn't have any scissors or knives or anything like that. Um, I think maybe one person might have had some keys, but they were just too dull. And, and I, let me tell you, seagulls are not a domesticated animal, okay? So we're trying to help this seagull. And it's like trying to bite us and trying to scratch us and trying to, like, it's it's just kind of going crazy. And yet we're trying to untangle this wire to try and save its life. Um, one of us found a empty can that was discarded near there. And so we tried to twist it and break it apart. And then we tried to use that to cut the fishing line. But all it did was end up cutting us. Uh, because it was too sharp for us, but it wasn't sharp enough to cut the fishing line. So after a really long time of trying to do this with multiple people, um, we got the seagull mostly free, I think. Um, I don't know if we got every piece of line off from it, but we got it to the point where it could at least float off on the water and and be okay. It wasn't uh, attached to the log anymore. So we all thought to ourselves, my goodness, how easy would that have been if we just had a scissors or a knife and we could have just been snip, 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 and it would have been gone in like a minute. Okay, so that's the difference be- between being prepared and unprepared. Now, you might be wondering why I am wearing my little bag here while I'm preaching. Is there anything that I'm going to run into while I'm preaching that I'm going to need to be prepared for? I don't know. So I just thought it would be fun to show you now, I, I really like to be prepared and I try to learn from these kinds of situations, right? So I wanna, I'm want i going to go through my bag and show you what all is in here, just to show you how prepared I like to be when I go on a walk in the neighborhood or just go out to the car or whatever. Uh, so this little pouch has my phone in it, just in case I need to you know, get a call or a text or talk about the visual gospel like I'm going to be sharing with a little bit more. Okay, so that has my phone. And then in here there's a couple pockets. This one has my wallet, has my credit cards so that I can buy things. It's got my Gold Avenue Church cards and stickers that I can give out to anyone if I meet someone anywhere. It's got my license and my health insurance card. And then it's got all these other cards for various places that we have memberships to so that we can go there. You never know where you're going to go on what day, right? Then I have my car keys, which also have my bike lock key and a couple of keys to the church here. Okay, we're just getting started. In this one, I have some napkins, some wet wipes, some more um, coupons that I like to give out to people in the neighborhood. And then in here, let's see, what do I have in here? I have my sunglasses case. You never know when, you know, you're going to need that bright outside. And then I have a multicolored pen. You never know what color you're going to want to use, right? A glasses cleaning cloth. Let's see what else I can find in here. The most important thing, this knife. Okay, I didn't use to carry a knife with me, but I, it's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, legit right here, and it's even got my name engraved on it. I've had it since I was a kid, but I wish that I had been carrying that on that day that we met with that seagull, because it would have made it so much easier. So today we're going to look at a passage from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, and we're going to learn about what Peter tells us about being prepared. So if you want to turn in your Bibles or on your phones to 1 Peter 3:15. And 16. All right, I'm going to read that. Just a couple short verses. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this in gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander all right short and sweet and we're really going to focus a lot on that first part of those verses where he's telling us to be prepared to give an answer to everyone for what for the reason for the hope that we have okay so why is Peter telling us to be prepared for this Um, He is on the scene way before Boy Scouts of America. Um, Peter knew that in his experience, anything could happen. And so going back to the expect the unexpected, we never know when we're going to need to be prepared to give this answer. Whether we're persecuted about it or not, Uh, Peter knows that it's important because he had been facing persecution and he had been sharing the gospel all over the place and knew that at any moment he needed to be ready to share what his hope was. So last week, Cody preached to us about all of the believers who came into Jerusalem on the day that we now call Pentecost and how when the Holy Spirit filled the room with the disciples and they started to preach, and everyone heard them in their different languages people started to question are these people drunk what are they doing it's only you know 10 in the morning and they're all out here dancing around and speaking this message and everyone's hearing it in their own language and they couldn't make sense of it but you know what happened is that they shared the message of Jesus they said no we're not drunk this is what happened they shared the whole gospel And 3,000 people believed. Now, I doubt that they knew what was going to happen after the Holy Spirit fell on them. But they were prepared with this message to share. Then we're going to look at another instance, because there are so many where this happened. It's kind of a pattern. Um, We're going to actually pick up from where Marissa left off in her sermon, where Peter and John had been going to the temple. They were walking along, saw this um, lame man. And he asked for money, and they said, well, we don't have that, but we, want, we, ha, we do have this, get up and walk. Okay, so she preached us a sermon on that series of events, and we're going to look at what happened afterwards. So this is from um, Acts 3 and 4. We're just going to be walk, kind of walking through this story to see the pattern of what it looks like to be prepared to share about this hope that we have in any situation. Okay? Okay. So after this man was healed, people rushed over to see what was happening, okay? They see this person that maybe everyone had known this person and they knew that he was a lame person who never walked. And now they're seeing him jumping up and down, giving praise to the Lord, making a lot of noise and calamity, okay? And so Peter seizes this moment and sees there's all these people coming around wondering what happened, okay, what is he going to do? Well, he addresses the crowd And he says, why does this surprise you? He tells them all about Jesus. Again, he really walks them through the gospel. And he tells them, you know, you guys had a part in this and you need to repent. And it was convicting for them. They listened to the message, which he was prepared to give. And the number of believers grew to 5,000 men, it says. Which So there were 3,000 before. Now there's over 5,000 believers. Okay, so this is what happens when we're prepared to share. The kingdom grows and we see fruit and transformation. And Peter knows this, so we're going to keep going through the story. What happens next? The Sanhedrin, the part of the ruling government of the... Hebrews there, is upset about this because one of the things that they're doing is teaching in Jesus's name, which they had just thought that they dealt with Jesus. Other than that, they're also preaching the resurrection of the dead, which the Sadducees didn't believe in. So they arrest Peter and John and put him in prison for the night. And then in the morning, we see that they ask Peter and John, so how are you doing this? By what power? And by what name are you doing this healing or teaching this message? Well, they're prepared again. They share with the Sanhedrin about Jesus, and they share about this hope that they have. Now, this time, they didn't see a a whole bunch of new believers, but what they did see was that these leaders were astonished at how they shared this message. And they took note that they were with Jesus, okay? So they were ordinary guys, fishermen, who Jesus had worked with. They'd been with Jesus throughout his whole ministry. They had learned from Jesus everything that he wanted to teach them, and they were starting to learn how to live it out now after Jesus had gone up to heaven and sent his Holy Spirit. So they they notice, and then they tell them, Don't talk about this anymore. Don't talk about it anymore. We're we're commanding you not to talk about it anymore. And what do Peter and John say? They say, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Okay? So they're saying, we have this hope In Jesus and we can't help but telling people about it we can't help but praying for healing for someone we can't help but telling them the gospel and seeing them be transformed and seeing them be healed in their hearts okay and Peter Peter and the other disciples they saw this happening over and over and over again if you read the book of Acts you just see this pattern happening with um, when Stephen is confronted and just before he gets sentenced to death and stoned. He also gives a very long discourse on the gospel, starting with their ancient ancestors and how the Lord created things to be. So we see this pattern here of sharing their hope and sharing that gospel message with people. So let's take a look now at what is that hope? What is this hope that they have? And how do we share it with people when we're in those situations? Okay? So I'm going to summarize it right now as our hope is that Jesus died and rose again for our sins. He paid the price for our sins so that we can enter into a right relationship with God where before we were separated from God. That is this hope that we have. That nothing in this life can compare to what Jesus has done for us. Nothing in this life can separate us from what Jesus has done for us or from God and being in a relationship with God. Okay? So we're going to back up in the book of 1 Peter because he actually spells this out for us a little bit more. So if we go back to 1 Peter 1... Verses 3 through 9, he's going to tell us a little bit more about this hope that he has. And this is all hopefully going to help us to be able to articulate our hope to people when we encounter people who need to hear this. Okay? So 1 Peter 1 3 through 9, I'm going to read that. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. His great mercy. He has given us new birth and a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Praise God. There are a couple more verses that I just wanted to share and highlight that also are key components of this message of our hope. John three sixteen and 17 one that hopefully most of us know, or we've at least heard before. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And then lastly, we're going to look at Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. I hope that, I hope that this is hopeful to you all. We have this eternal hope. We have, we're exercising that hope through our faith. In Jesus, just like what Peter was saying there, we hope in what we don't see, right? We have Our faith is lived out when that hope is seated in our hearts and when that hope is what gives us joy in every circumstance, no matter what the circumstance is, whether, like Peter, we're thrown in jail or whether we're going through other difficult situations We can always have that hope because it transcends all of that. It's bigger than everything that we're facing right now. And it's something that comes from the Lord above. It's not something that we produce ourselves because that would just be impossible and not work. So I hope that you are encouraged by that living hope that we have right now. And now I want to talk about Okay, how do we be prepared to share that hope with others? So one way to do this, and I think this is, this is often following the pattern that we see in Scripture too, is to share, well, what has Jesus done for me? Okay, if you're talking with someone and someone was asking you, man, why are you so joyful even though you're going through difficult circumstances? because it's something that the world doesn't have, this hope, okay? And so when someone sees that and asks, or you're telling them a story about what's going on, and you can say, well, I have this hope in, my, in me because Jesus has died for me, and you can tell them, what has Jesus done for you? Okay, this is a really good starting point for us to share this hope. How has Jesus rescued you personally? Each one of us has a different story. Each one of us comes from a different background. And we all have something in our story that Jesus has rescued us from, or probably a lot of things, actually. Um, It could be something like addiction or trauma or loneliness or hopelessness. or you can fill in the blank there, whatever you've experienced in your life, all the hardships and difficulties, Jesus has rescued us from that and given us this gift of a relationship, a transformed life, and eternal life in the end. We know when we have our faith in Jesus that that is ours. There's no question about that. Okay? So sharing... With someone, what the Lord has done for you, even you know this could even be small testimonies. Um, part of the reason why we love to get to hear testimonies as part of our service here is because it builds up that faith and hope in the Lord. To hear what the Lord is doing in others and in ourselves. Okay, so this sharing this, what the Lord has done in our lives, helps to build up faith and hope in others. Okay, so next, where do you go from there? Okay, do you just share your hope and then leave? Well, maybe if that's all the time you have, that would be great because you're sharing that you have your hope in Jesus. But if you are able to sense that there's some hunger there or there's uh, an opportunity to share the gospel in more full detail with someone, then let's take it. People need to hear this message. They need to know the hope that they have because we are living in a world that is full of hopelessness. All of the situations that we see on the news are just hopeless-seeming, and we have no, no control over most of those things. So where do we hope in? Only Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at one of the ways that we can share the gospel with people. There are, there are many tools that we can use to share the gospel with people, but sometimes it's nice to have something that we can use to walk a person through the gospel, just like what Peter did, just like what Stefan did when they were facing these questions about their faith. They walked through the gospel from the beginning to the end. So we're going to take a look at the visual gospel, which is on the screen now. This is a tool that we've been working on putting together here at church over the last couple of years as a way to share the gospel with people and to share our hope with people. So I always carry around some of these stickers with me so that I can share this anytime. Like I said, you never know when there might be someone that you run into who just needs to hear the hope of Jesus. There's so many. So I'd encourage you, pick some of these up at the welcome desk over there. Put them on your water bottle, your phone case, your computer. Keep some with you to hand out so that you can always be prepared to share this message with people. And if, I'm just going to say this for those who might be listening online later, if you go to gospeltool.org, that also is where you can see this. And you can point people to that website also to have them look at it a little bit more in depth than what you might be able to share. So we're going to look at each one of these symbols, and I'm just going to hopefully help to build your confidence in sharing the gospel with people in um, what we hope is is quite an easy way to summarize the gospel from the start to finish. Now, some people think that the gospel started with Jesus' ministry, but that's not really true. Jesus, in his ministry, talks about the gospel of the kingdom. So we know that there's something more there. It all starts at the beginning. So this first symbol here is the king creates, where all is well. So this is where it all began. This is where God creates the world, and he creates mankind, our ancestors, in his image. And he said that they were very good. So everything was right there. People walked in right relationship with God every day with nothing separating them. I can only imagine it was so awesome. But then there entered rebellion. So this is what the the splat is. It's rebellion and sin enters in. Chaos, destruction, death in the kingdom comes in and it changes everything. It creates a separation between us and God because God is holy and now we're stained by this sin. And we can't erase our own sin so that we can get back to God in right relationship with him. So that's a big problem for all of us. Okay? But God didn't just leave us hanging. The star there is the Messiah promised the king sets out to rescue. So God had a plan because his desire is to have a relationship with us. That's why he created us, to walk in relationship with him. And he wants us back. Amen. Thank you. So, so he told us about it. The prophets prophesied about this coming Messiah that would save his people. And they basically told everything about Jesus' life that would happen, which is amazing. No one could know that about one person. And yet, Jesus came on the scene. And so this is what the cross in the middle represents, is King Jesus saves. The greatest act of love. He came down from heaven onto earth, in the form of a man, so that he and we could relate to him. He could relate to us. We could relate to him. He lived a life without sin, which is something that none of us can do. Then he was crucified, died and buried, and then he rose again, defeating death, paying the price for sin, making a way for us to be restored into right relationship with God. Hallelujah. So thankful. That's the accumulation, which is why it's in the middle there. It's the accumulation of the gospel, but it's not the end even, okay? After that, Jesus empowered us. So this dove represents the Holy Spirit coming for kingdom mission onto his people. He empowers us in t- really in two ways. First of all, he comes into us and transforms us. So there's personal transformation that happens when we accept Jesus and we um, receive his Holy Spirit. Okay? Then the other way, he empowers us to go and witness to the world. We talked in Empowered for Witness so far about the gifts that he gives so that we can go out And so that this message isn't one that's powerless or hollow or empty. No, it's a message that's real. It's a message of power, of signs, wonders, healings, miracles. Should follow this message around because the Holy Spirit empowers us. And he is the one who even gives us what to say. Okay, so next we have this little growing plant that represents the new creation Where the king is bringing transformation. So every time that we speak about Jesus, or every time that we pray with someone, we are bringing the kingdom to earth. Okay? God's kingdom is invading this earth where the enemy has dominion. He's breaking down the gates and coming and invading. That's what this is representing. We are not just in a stagnant time of hopelessness. We're in a time of transformation where he's getting this place ready for his return. Okay, that's what we're living in right now. And then lastly, we have this scale with the crown on it, and that is the king returns. I thought of maybe playing some Lord of the Rings music, but it just didn't, didn't work out. But God sets all things right because the king is returning. He's coming back, and that will be the final act of getting rid of all the sin that's left here and calling us all home, okay? And that's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, that when we know him personally, when we've accepted him, that we're going to be part of his family forever. And don't you want that for everyone around you? I sure do. I'm going to share a a personal example of what it looks like to share your hope with someone in the midst of a difficult time. Okay? Because I know that we all have different things going on, and sometimes it can be really hard to feel like we have hope. Okay? So, most of you may know that. Um, We've just had a big transition take place in our family recently. Um, Our son, Michael, who we were fostering, who is Raylan's baby brother, um, has just gone home to live with his biological dad. And it's not something that throughout the whole three years that we had him with us in our family, just not something that we had thought would happen or had hoped for or had anticipated. Um, we We thought in the beginning that we would be able to adopt him and that he would be our son forever, and that um, just hasn 't happened and so it 's been hard. Um, i I would be totally lying if I denied that it 's been hard i mean it's it's been really challenging, really hard. there's been a lot of tears, a lot of big emotions. And really a lot of not knowing how to handle this transition and asking questions of God. You know, why, after we prayed so many times, why did this not turn out the way that we thought it would? Um, why Why were we called to take Michael into our home when we were already pursuing an international adoption and we had to cancel that one? And then now both of those are gone and honestly we don't really know the answers to these questions yet and I am hoping that we will learn them and we keep asking the Lord what were your purposes for us through this and how can we grow but really if we didn't have the hope in Jesus that we have I think we would be a lot different people right now it would be really easy to kind of fall into bitterness, anger, rage even. We could easily go off the deep end if we didn't have some kind of guiding hope in our life. And so that doesn't mean that it, it, it never means that it's not hard, but it does mean that we have a hope that is bigger than this situation. We're looking at the promises of God and saying, He's a good, good father. He doesn't do evil. He's faithful in our lives. He loves us all the time, even if we're not loving him back. He loves us all the time. And he's always there for us. He never leaves us. And so, because of having that hope, I'm able to stand up here this morning and share a hopeful message, even though we've just gone through this literally one month ago. And I'm so thankful to the Lord that he's given us this hope. Otherwise, I just don't know where I'd even be. I can't even imagine it, and I don't even want to. Now, part of why this is really important, it's not just for us, but others are seeing this in us and noticing it, and asking questions. How are you so hopeful or how are you not like just a hot mess, you know, maybe turning to other things to start filling you up and maybe cover the pain up? You know, how are you getting through this when this happened? Like, it's hard to imagine going through something like this. And, there, you know, there's a lot of other situations that are hard to imagine going through for, for, for us. But we get to tell them The only way that we're getting through this is with Jesus. There's no other way we can make it. And so it's actually given us opportunities to witness to people and to be uh, sharing that hope, bringing that hope, sharing that message with people. And it's, you know, in some cases it's like, okay, we're talking with people who really we feel like should be encouraging us but we end up encouraging them. And that's great. I'm thankful to the Lord for that uh, because he's given us this hope that's eternal and it's a joy and a pleasure to share it. So that's why Peter is saying to us, always be prepared to share that hope with everyone. Okay? Okay? So I hope that this has helped you to want to be prepared to share that. And I hope that just this little walkthrough through the visual gospel and talking about sharing your own personal hope in Jesus and what Jesus has done for you has given you some challenge to be prepared to share this message with people all around you. Good. So I have a couple questions to close. All right. Do you have this hope in Jesus? If you don't have this hope in Jesus yet, we'll have prayer partners available up here. Um, Pastors Dave and Gina would love to pray with you, or I would love to talk with you, or maybe... I was going to say, maybe just go and talk to anyone else and ask them if they're prepared to share their hope with you, okay? But if you don't have this hope yet, you need it. It's imperative to have this in your life because you're going to face trials and persecution and hard things like these guys did in the Bible. And you need this hope to get through it, okay? If you do have this hope in your life, already, which I hope that you do, are you living with that hope on display? And are you prepared to share that hope, even in the midst of challenging times, just like um, even Pastor Dave shared that last week in his testimony, going through challenging times, really difficult times, but yet still being able to hope in the Lord, even with many tears, there's still hope. One last thing. Don't forget to let the Holy Spirit work through your sharing of this, okay? You can be over prepared and have like a script written out, okay? You don't need to do that. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would give us the words to share with people, okay? So, don't cut out the Holy Spirit out of this. He wants to be the one who empowers you to share this hope, okay? That's really important. All right, let's pray. Lord, we're just so thankful for this hope that you've given us. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for us, Lord. We just can't even imagine the depths that you went to to save us from our hopelessness and to give us this hope that we all need and we all need to cling to in every day, in every moment, in every situation. Lord, I pray that if there is anyone here who is feeling hopeless right now or they're going through something that just feels too big, I pray that you would be there for them, comfort them, Give them this hope, just a renewed sense of the hope that they have in you, Lord. Just lift up each head and each heart of those who are struggling and just place that hope deep within, a hope that transcends any situation that we could be facing And lastly, Lord, I pray that you would enable us and empower us to share this hope in any situation with anyone who we come in contact with and to see the fruit of this gospel of hope transforming lives all around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.